A couple of years ago, a couple of mostly peaceful BLM terrorists threw a Molotov cocktail into a cop car in New York. What made the incident even more egregious than the other nationwide BLM violence that year was that Carlinford Mattis and Aruj Rahman were both attorneys. They were supposed to uphold the rule of law, and here they were tearing it down. And last week, the injustice became even more pronounced when these thugs received a sweetheart plea deal. Although Mattis and Rahman had been facing terrorism charges and the possibility of 30 years in prison, thanks to the Biden administration's intervention, they will now likely see only a couple years behind bars. The deal is even more puzzling to those who are interested in seeing justice because Rahman and Mattis had already pled guilty last year to possessing and making an explosive device, which would have put them in jail for up to 10 years. Now this new deal will allow them to withdraw their previous plea and simply cop to the lesser charges of conspiring to assemble a Molotov cocktail and damaging the cop car. Rahman, at the very least, has been unrepentant. After the fact, he said, the only way they hear us is through violence. And still he gets the deal. The other guy, I suspect he's not repentant either. Still let out on bail, a bail paid coincidentally by another attorney who worked for the Obama administration. Meanwhile, meanwhile, that's the guys on the left, the guys on the right, right wingers who made a mess of the Capitol rotunda on January 6th. January 6th, the worst day ever. They are having the book thrown at them. They are wasting away in solitary confinement. Is this slap on the wrist for BLM terrorism fair? No. Is it just? No. So why is it happening? Because the liberal establishment wants more of it. It's simple as that. The liberal establishment benefits from BLM violence. The way that it attracts money to leftist causes. The way that it encourages liberal cultural transformation. The way it impels conservatives to keep our mouths shut or else, or else we're going to get some mostly peaceful protests outside our house too. They like that. They want more of that. So they let their thugs get away with it. What they don't want more of is conservatives questioning their dubious election schemes. And so they discourage that by destroying the lives of their enemies on the flimsiest of charges. A lot of conservatives don't want to believe that our politics has really become this coarse, this corrupt, this unprincipled, this radical. But it has. It has. Two years ago, the current vice president of the United States raised money to bail these criminals out of jail and get them back on the streets. This is how the liberal ruling class operates. They play for keeps. And if you're surprised by this miscarriage of justice, you just haven't been paying attention. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment Friday is from the Fable Sphere, who says, I think we have reached a point whereby we can admit that Michael does, in fact, like to say, I told you so. You know, I accept the burden. It's a burden. It's, it's a heavy burden to be able to see the future, to be able to, see, to know that when Dr. Fauci tells you something, to know that in six to nine months it won't it won't be proven true. To know that when leftist criminals get arrested, to know that they won't face any sort of justice. To know that when a conservative is caught jaywalking, the guy is going to hang at dawn. They're going to throw the book at him so severely. It's, it's a burden to do that, but I can't help it. That's what we do here on this show. And in, in, in a way, it invigorates me to be able to see what's going on a little bit, to tell you what the truth of the political situation is. It invigorates me a little bit. It gets my blood flowing right. It gets me feeling good, just like Super Beats Heart Shoes. Right now, go to superbeats.com slash Knowles. This is the new way to start your day. Super Beats Heart Shoes. I love them. Do you know why I love them primarily? Because they're delicious. They're very, very tasty. And when Super Beats Heart Shoes show up at the Daily Wire, all these jackals, these hyenas around here, take them all before I can get mine. You don't need to worry. The second thing, after how delicious they are, is also how good they'll make you feel. No more afternoon coffees, no more energy drinks, no more candy for that quick 
Pick Me Up, you just add two delicious plant-based Super Beats Heart Chews to your morning routine and promote heart-healthy energy for your day without the caffeine crash. Super Beats Heart Chews' unique, clinically researched grapeseed extract promotes heart-healthy energy and normal blood pressure as part of a healthy lifestyle. I love them. It tastes good. It feels good. It's simpler than having to go up to the coffee machine three times a day. For our listeners right now, you can get up to 45% off plus free shipping at superbeats.com slash Knowles. This is their best offer available anywhere. Superbeats.com slash Knowles. Get up to 45% off. Superbeats.com slash Knowles. These statements and products have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or condition. These guys play for keeps, and we don't get it. We as conservatives still believe that we're operating in a political context that, that maybe existed 30 years ago, 40 years ago. We think there's no way that they're going to, they want to abolish the police? There's no way that they're going to, they're throwing Molotov cocktails at the buildings and not getting in trouble for it. There's no way that they're, they're transing the kids. There's no way that they're, they're promoting fourth trimester abortion. What? No, there's no, but it, it just keeps happening. We say, but that's unprincipled. It's immoral. It's contradictory to our Christian civilization, to the constitution. And they'll say, yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. We, we've been telling you for decades, we don't like the constitution. We don't like Christian civilization. We don't like the traditional American nation. We hate it. We don't like you guys is what they've been telling us for decades. And we just don't believe it. <laughs> we, we, we hope against hope that, that, that that's not really true, but it is. There's a democratic rep, representative Mondera Jones, who just came out. He's very upset because the Democrats can't ram through gun control and they can't ram through gun control because most people don't really want gun control. They might tell a pollster that, well, we need to do something about guns. But when it comes down to actually taking away people's gun rights, the people don't really want it. This is why the elected representatives of the people can't get it through. This is why Democrats are going to have a very hard time running on this in the midterms. And so Mondaire Jones, he says, look, if the rules of our government, of our representative democracy, won't allow us to get rid of guns, well, screw them. We'll, we'll, we'll get rid of the rules. We did not choose this fight. We had our own dreams for our lives, the same as you did when you were kids, but we can't let you get away with this anymore. Enough is enough. Enough of you telling us that school shootings are a fact of life when every other country like ours has virtually ended it. Enough of you blaming mental illness and then defunding mental health care in this country. Enough of your thoughts and prayers. Enough. 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 You will not stop us from advancing the Protecting Our Kids Act today. You will not stop us from passing it in the House next week, and you will not stop us there. If the filibuster obstructs us, we will abolish it. If the Supreme Court objects, we will expand it, and we will not rest until we have taken weapons of war out of circulation in our communities. Each and every day, we will do whatever it takes to end gun violence, whatever it takes. We will do whatever it takes. That's what the left has been telling us for a long time, and we just don't believe that. No, you wouldn't abolish the filibuster. You know, now, they, the Democrats have abolished the filibuster for quite a lot of the operation of the Senate. They haven't totally obliterated it yet, though they theoretically could. They, you wouldn't really expand the Supreme Court you wouldn't upend the balance of power in this country, upend our system of government. Yes, we will, is what they're saying. But the Second Amendment, the Constitution, we don't like the Constitution. But the American tradition, we don't like the American tradition. But our, our balanced system of checks and balances and separation of power, we don't like separation of power. We don't like checks and balances. They don't, they, they've been telling us this. And they're willing to get rid of all of it. And we need to accept that that is what they're after. You don't believe... You don't believe Mondaire Jones? Well, Representative David Cicilline, another Democrat, where they were just debating some more new gun legislation, and they brought up the fact that there are constitutional rights here that protect people, people's ability to keep and bear arms. And David Cicilline said, oh, your constitutional rights? I'll tell you exactly where you can put your constitutional rights. Spare me the bullshit about constitutional rights. The gentleman not be, no, I will not yield, and I'm not going to yield for my entire five minutes, so don't ask again. 
That could be the Democrats' campaign slogan. Spare me the BS about constitutional rights. Absolutely it could. 100% that could be the Democrats' campaign slogan. Now, what Democrats could say is they'll say, well, listen, you Republicans, we're defending the constitutional rights to abortion, and you oppose that constitutional right. We're, you know, the Democrats have made up a lot of constitutional rights in the last 50 years that are probably actually going to be overruled in the next week or so, possibly the next day. But when you, when you listen to the arguments that both sides are making about the country, that's where you can tell that this isn't just a game of, you hate the Constitution. No, you hate the Constitution. No, you hate the Constitution. Because it's true, Republicans do not, I, some Republicans do, I guess. Conservatives certainly don't believe that there is any constitutional right to an abortion. No one thought that there was any constitutional right to an abortion until the 1970s. And then they upheld it in the 90s, but they said that the reasoning for why they had it in the 70s was BS. And then, so no one, no one ever thought that. And the conservatives have said, we support the Constitution. The left, when it's convenient for them, will pretend that their radical desires are in the Constitution. But then they'll also embrace the 1619 Project. Then they'll also say whatever means necessary. Then they'll also say, who cares about your BS constitutional rights? They'll also say, it's all terrible. We want to upend the Constitution. When they're being really honest, that's what they tell you. That is the mainstream of the Democratic Party right now. Those are elected representatives at the national level who are saying that. Chuck Schumer, for goodness sakes, when the Supreme Court was going to hand down a ruling he didn't like, he goes outside the Supreme Court. He says, you better watch out. We're coming for you. We're coming for you, Kavanaugh. We're coming for you. Making threats to another branch of the government. That's the mainstream. So that's what they want. The the radical all the way up to the mainstream of the Democrat Party says, screw your constitutional rights. We're going to take away your guns. We're going to take away your rights of self-government. We're going to take away your right to articulate to the filibuster. We're going to take away your right to deliberative representatives. Okay. What, What do our radicals say? Our radicals to the mainstream. What are they defending? They're defending the American nation, the really basic stuff, hot dogs on the 4th of July and the star spangled banner. Now, when you want really good meat, whether it's on the 4th of July or wherever, you got to check out Good Ranchers. Right now, go to goodranchers.com slash Knowles. Go there right now. Good Ranchers is so good that not only is it the meat that I have sweet little Elisa cook up for me all the time, they're delicious steaks, they're delicious burgers, they're delicious chicken, but even I, I am not I am not much of a cook these days. I don't, I don't, usually if Elisa's out of town, I'll just do takeout until I remembered I had that good ranchers in my freezer. And I said, I'm not doing takeout. Throw some of their delicious, better than organic chicken on the grill. Two seconds. It's delicious, juicy. They got the beef. They got the chicken. They got the seafood. They've got an incredible deal. Right now, you can, you can get a great deal on the meat. You can get a great deal on subscribing for your meat. And you get two free ribeyes. That's a hundred dollar value. When you go check out Good Ranchers today, you go to goodranchers.com slash Knowles, use code Knowles, get two 18-ounce prime center cut ribeyes for free with your order. With Father's Day around the corner, this is the perfect time to try a box of Good Ranchers. What better way to show your appreciation for dad than with a box of 100% delicious American meat? Good Ranchers delivers what you want when you need it. You make that one-time purchase or subscribe and save $25 on every box. They're giving away two free ribeyes with your order. Limited time offer. Do not miss it. Other places will charge you over 50 bucks per steak for ribeyes like these. Good Ranchers is giving two of them away for free. USDA Prime, 100% American, steakhouse quality cuts of beef. They are out of their ranching minds. Go to goodranchers.com slash Knowles. Claim your ribeyes today before they run out. Start the summer off right with Good Ranchers, American meat delivered. Well, the Democrats are saying, all the way up to very prominent elected office, they're saying, we need to take away your guns. We need to trans your kids. We need to kill your babies. We, we hate the American flag. We've got to hoist the pride flag everywhere around the country in kindergarten classrooms all the way over to the Vatican. That's the kind of stuff they're pushing. What are our radicals saying? Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, that radical. Oh, she's so crazy. Oh, my goodness. She's always trending on Twitter. The Democrats hate her so much. What are some of the crazy things that they're really upset at her for saying, well, she, the really, the craziest, wildest thing they're upset with her for saying is that she defends the American nation and Christianity. You see, 
Nationalism is a good thing. It's where all Americans should be. We should be wanting America first. We should be wanting our tax dollars, our focus, our legislation, our bills, and our leadership focused on our nation. We should be proud of nationalism, and we should be proud of an America first nationalism. And then lastly, we should be most proud of Christianity. So if Christian nationalism is something to be scared of, they're lying to you. And they're lying to you on purpose because that is exactly the temperature change that is happening in America today, and they can't control it. They can't control it, and that's what terrifies them the most. She is 100% right here. This is why the libs are making such a big boogeyman out of Christian nationalism. That's the new phrase du jour. They're doing that because that is the opposite of the form of government that they want, which is liberal imperialism. They believe that America is nothing more than a system of values. And it coincidentally happens to be whatever values they want at any given moment. Transgendering the kids, yes, that's at the very heart of America. Oh yes, Washington and Hamilton, they fought the revolution so that we could pump kids full of puberty blockers. It's an abstract right. America is nothing but an idea. They, they push for that on the one hand, liberalism, and then they push for imperialism as the form of the government. They don't want to just confine that to America's borders. They want to spread it all around the world. This is why the libs prefer the, the pride flag to the red, white, and blue flag. The red, white, and blue stars and stripes American flag is the flag of a nation. The rainbow flag is the flag of an empire. The star, stars and stripes, that's the flag of borders, of people, of tradition, of a way of life that has existed in a particular place for centuries. The pride flag is just about the idea of do whatever you want. The pride flag means exactly what it means whether you wave it in America or whether you wave it in Tibet. It's always making the same claims. It doesn't make claims about a particular people in a particular region with a particular shared history. It's for everybody, man. Do, do what you want to do. That's, why, that's also why the pride flag is always changing. That's why they keep adding colors every four hours, I think, at this point. They add new colors because it's just an idea that's expanding and growing, man. That's, that's imperial. I do not have any particular preference for nationalism or imperialism. I think there have been good countries and bad countries, good nations and good nations, good empires and bad empires. But right now, the, the libs are pushing liberal empire. An empire that spreads all around the world through the nonprofits and the corporations, and sometimes military invasion, to defend American values by which they just mean the rainbow flag. And I oppose that. I think that's a bad idea. I don't think that we should be sp spreading our resources all around the world, whether we're talking about blood, treasure, any of that, any of that, to promote liberalism. I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's a good use of any of our resources. So the, if the alternative to global empire, to, to liberal empire, is nationalism, then I guess I'm for nationalism. And the alternative here, obviously, to liberalism is Christianity. Something is going to animate your country. Some spirit is going to animate your country. It's going to form the culture. For the vast majority of American history, that was Christianity. You see it in our earliest documents all the way up until very, very recently. And there have been prayers and there have been speeches of thanksgiving. The most famous speeches in American history invoke God because they have to, because not only is politics downstream of culture, the culture is downstream of religion. Everyone forgets that second part. All human conflict ultimately is theological. And so you're going to have ideas about what is good and bad and right and wrong and true and false. And those are religious ideas. So are you going to have the religion of liberalism, the religion of leftism, the religion of progressivism, or Christianity? What do you want to animate your culture? I bet for normal people out there, even the ones who aren't Christian, the ones who are Jews, the ones who are Muslims, the ones who, who are just sort of atheists and agnostics, but they have a nostalgia for America, for the America that we all grew up in and knew and know and love, I think they would rather live in a Christian culture. Do you want to live in a culture that's known for its cathedrals and beautiful works of art 
and people generally behaving themselves, or do you want to live in, in the culture of liberalism, where, where kids are being dragged to drag shows, where ev- pride flags are hanging everywhere, where we're killing babies left and right, where we're tearing down statues of our forebears, where we're completely rewriting history and censoring literature and getting rid of all of the beautiful culture that, that we've become accustomed to that we, we unfortunately no longer seem to appreciate in this country. Which, which one do you want to live in? It's obviously... Obviously, the former. Speaking of those drag shows, our pal Fleckus Talks, one of his journalists, uh, just caught one of the most disturbing things I've seen in a few weeks. You want to know what the liberal empire is selling? They go to this Dallas gay bar and they go to an event, drag the kids to pride. Drag the kids to pride. That doesn't sound great. It's a show at Mr. Mr. Bar. Build as a family-friendly version of the bar's regular champagne drag lunch. Here's what they saw. How do you think the event went today? I think it was amazing. I never get to like perform in front of children. It's like performing in front of children. I have like six other younger siblings. So it was it was very emotional. I loved it. It was probably one of the best shows I've ever done. What do you say to the conservative parents that wouldn't bring their children to an event like this? Why? Here's the thing, I don't think that there is any kind of issue with exposing children to this because, especially if, you, if your child is in the community or you may think they are, I, ju- I just think that drag is educational. Do you think that exposing uh, children to drag will lead children to do drag in the future in the long run? Not if they don't want to do drag. I'm a gay man and I don't want to do drag. <laughs> so I don't think, no, absolutely not. It's not yeah. grooming, it's not... Tr- you will be what you what you are. We're not going to turn you into something else because you come and see this event. This video is so enlightening. One, obviously, this is freakish and perverse and horrible and under no circumstances should should drag queens be allowed to jiggle for kids. You heard how creepy that guy was at the top? He goes, I never get to, to dance around for kids. This is really great. I love dancing around for kids in my high heels. In my This guy should be arrested for doing this. So, uh, you know the video serves that purpose too, but it's so telling about the about the hidden agenda here, the not so hidden agenda here, because the the little group at the end of the of the people wearing the Beto shirts who just were customers at this bar who were just talking about the show, they give one answer to the question of what this means for kids, but the drag queen gives a totally different answer. You saw it was asked, so you really think kids should be at this thing? And the drag queen, he says, oh yeah, I think drag is educational. And then the the people in the Beto shirts at the end, they say, you really think kids should be at this thing? They say, oh yeah, it's no big deal. They're not being indoctrinated. They're not being educated. No, it's there. And that guy, he says, no, look, it's not going to make kids more inclined to do drag. No, look, I'm a gay guy and I don't want to do drag. And so kids are going to be what they're going to be. Kids are going to be who they are. That woman there, she says, no, kids are, they are what they are and they never change at all. Well, those are totally contradictory views of education, of human nature, of the mind, of the soul. The the drag queen is saying you become something. You, you start out one way, but then through education, you become something else. Education shapes your desires. Education shapes your interests. Education shapes your beliefs. And then the, the ridiculous group of people at the end in the Beto shirt, they say, nah, education doesn't do any of that. You're just born a certain way and you never change at all, ever. You don't change your beliefs. You don't change your desires. You don't change your interests. You don't change anything. You just, and nothing affects you. Who's right? Obviously, the drag queen is right here. Obviously, not just drag shows are educational, but all of culture is educational. And all of these lessons and all of these instructions, if, if they weren't, we wouldn't send kids to school. If we weren't, we wouldn't learn anything. If, if they weren't educational, if they, if they weren't, another way of saying that is indoctrinating, if they weren't formative and shaping people's views, especially little kids whose brains are so malleable, if they weren't accomplishing that in the drag shows, then the left wouldn't be promoting them. Now, when you've got a culture that is just so crazy and and everything seems to be uh, up in the air, you've got to protect yourself with some tangible assets. That's why you got to check out Birch Gold. 
Right now, text Knowles to 989898. Whatever you're doing, I don't care. Stop. Text Knowles to 989898. Out of control inflation is hammering the stock market because everyone is so afraid of what this is going to mean for their wealth. The S&P 500 is having the worst start to the year since World War II. Right now is a good time for you to consider diversifying into gold, the most stable asset in the history of the world. Birch Gold is the company I trust to help you convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold and silver. Not only will Birch Gold help you fortify your savings with precious metals, they will help you do it in a tax-sheltered account. Text Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, to 989898 to get started. Amazon's stock is down 37% in the first half of the year. Tesla's down 40%. Cryptos have been slammed. Many fear that the hawkish moves by the Fed could stall out the economy. So what's your plan? Right now, text Knowles to 989898. The best time to do it was yesterday. The second best time is today. Get your free no-obligation info kit on gold from Birch Gold. These guys are the precious metals professionals. Text Knowles. 989898. Secure your savings now. The other thing you got to check out is the documentary that everyone in America is talking about. You know what I'm saying. What is a woman? What is a woman is so, so good. I had high expectations for it initially. It has exceeded my expectations. Matt is just a stone cold psychopath. He's interviewing these radicals and he just keeps a straight face the whole time and he allows them to hoist themselves on their own petard. I know that sounds kind of dirty, but, and I guess in this case it is pretty dirty, but it's, metaphorically they do the same thing. You must, you must be a member to watch the movie. So right now you can become a member at Daily Wire, get 25% off your new membership at whatisawoman.com. We'll be right back with a lot more. The reason that the libs are pushing for younger and younger people and younger and younger kids to go to pride parades, to go to drag shows, to go to gay bars, to watch men jiggle around, the reason they're pushing for this is because it is formative, is because it shapes their minds. They are telling us this. They are telling us this in their own words. And so they cannot, well, they can, but it won't make any sense and it's obviously disingenuous. They cannot simultaneously tell us that the drag shows are not doing any of that, that the pride parades are not doing any of that. We have to, we have to, we're we're not indoctrinating the kids in radical sexual ideologies, and it's good that we are. That's the argument they're making. The Washington Post is trying to make sense of this. They, it, it was one of the funniest articles I have read in a mainstream paper in a very, very long time. Headline, Gender identity lessons banned in some schools are rising in others. And here is the the real money line. Here's the thesis of of the column, or of the news article, rather. In Florida and several other states, educators are restricted in teaching about gender identity. But elsewhere, teachers are embracing the topic as the number of transgender and gender non-binary children rises. And I, I love this line because you might not catch it if you're just reading it quickly. Okay, dude, all right, there's different schools who are disagreeing on you. But I love the way they frame it here. In Florida and certain other states, the, the conservatives are tamping down on transing the kids. But in other schools, teachers are embracing this topic as the number of children who are getting transed rises. You think those two things might have something to do with one another? It's just so strange. It's, I can't, can you believe these conservatives? They don't want to, we, the number of transgender children is rising, so why don't they want to teach lessons where they encourage kids to become transgender? It's so weird. Uh, maybe, because, maybe because the lessons are impelling people to become transgender. It reminds me of this, of this article by Fox Butterfield in the New York Times. This is a famous headline in the New York Times. They say, despite drop in crime, an increase in inmates despite crime falling, the prisons keep filling, despite. Uh, I don't know that despite means what you think it means. Actually, maybe there's a connection here. It's a a strange social phenomenon. The the crime rate continues to fall, even though we keep putting all the criminals in prison. 
Like, isn't that so weird? Uh, no, it's, uh, it, it's only weird. It's only difficult to understand if you are so taken with a radical ideology that you can't see plain realities right before your very eyes. I'm, I'm so glad that the Washington Post, I'm so glad that that drag queen at that bar in Dallas, I'm so glad that some of the libs at least are beginning to admit that we were right all along. Arby, you know how much I hate to say I told you so. You know how much I hate to take out my Nostradamus hat and my crystal ball and predict the future. But they're telling us we were right. They're saying, yeah, we are grooming them. At, at the very least, we're grooming them intellectually. At the very least, we're grooming them in their moral sense to become accustomed to drag shows. To put, I mean, at, at this show, you had little kids putting dollar bills in the thongs of these creeps. This is overtly, explicitly sexual stuff. They say, yeah, no, but it's all fine. It's just to teach tolerance. Maybe we shouldn't tolerate that. Or we're going to tolerate everything? No. The libs certainly don't tolerate everything. They, in fact, as we all know, I, I almost don't even want to say it. It's become cliche at this point. They're extremely intolerant of all the normal, good, traditional stuff that we've ever had in this country. They're intolerant of the American flag in some cases. They, they protest the star-spangled banner. So it's not a question of being more tolerant or being less tolerant. Moreover, though, sometimes you'll hear conservatives say, we're the really tolerant ones. We're the real liberals. I'm a conservative because I'm a liberal, because I'm so tolerant. I think you should be able to say and do whatever you want. No, that's not true either. We are also not the totally tolerant ones. Nobody is totally tolerant. Nobody really believes that people should be able to say and do whatever they want whenever they want to do it. No, that isn't true. At least I don't. I don't, I don't want to tolerate the drag show for kids. I think that should be shut down and the people who, I think there should be a law passed against it. And when people break that law, I think they should go to prison for a very long time. Call me intolerant. I call me, uh, Michael, you're just not open-minded enough. I guess I'm not. Some people, it seems, are so open-minded that their brains have fallen out. No, we, we don't, we're, we're not totally open and totally liberal and totally, no, every culture has standards. Actually, I think today, the, that, wow, providential, the paperback of my book, Speechless, Controlling Words, Controlling Minds, which is the number one national best-selling book, uh, came out last year. Uh, the paperback is out today, so you can get that wherever you get fine books about how we shouldn't tolerate everything. Certainly not drag queens trying to trans the kids. Do not do that. The, the sexual ideology that the libs are promoting ultimately is incoherent, and you can see this you can see this especially in a story from the New York Post, just came out a few days ago. I'm in a relationship with my 1998 Chevy, and our sex life is so special. That is the headline of it. I think, do we have some B-roll of this relationship? Yeah, so it's, this is sort of, I almost feel bad even playing this. It's a guy just kissing his car and, and lying underneath his car and doing all sorts of creepy things with his car says uh, he's 37 years old. He, he came out about 10 years ago as being in love with his car. And all right, that's enough beer. I don't need to see him kiss his car anymore. That's fine. That's, uh, I, I'm sorry I asked. I'm sorry. I asked. It was my fault, but I'm sorry I asked. He was on this show, TLC's My Strange Addiction. And it went viral at the time. And now 10 years later, he says, I'm still, I'm still in love with my car. I got a feel for my automobile. I like to lean over his fender and across his hood and kind of press up against him. Okay, you get the idea. And he says that he does all the sorts of things with his car that married people do with one another. The sexual revolutionaries are going to laugh at this. They're going to say, oh, come on. This is what, or how dare you? Are you, you're, you're comparing all of our kind of bizarre sexual eccentricities like drag shows for kids. You're comparing it to this wacko guy who's, got objectophilia is the, apparently the medical term for it, and he's in, in love with his car. It's completely incomparable. Sure, sure. Now, when, when we conservatives have been accused of suggesting a slippery slope in years past, uh, it's taken about what? Uh, six months to at most five or six years before we are at the, that point on the slippery slope. We get, we get to that slippery slope pretty, pretty quickly. But actually, the, the guy in love with his car poses a much bigger question for the sexual revolutionaries than, say, people warning about pedophilia. Remember, the, the, during the sexual revolution, 
There were conservatives who were warning, you know, if you normalize certain errant and deviant sexual behaviors, pretty soon people are going to try to normalize pedophilia. And the libs said, that's not true. That's ridiculous. That'll never happen. And what are they doing? They're obviously normalizing pedophilia right now. You can see it on tape. And you can hear them make the arguments. There was that professor who was fired from, uh, from Old Dominion College uh, for trying to normalize pedophilia. And then the, the professor just got hired by Johns Hopkins, I believe, by a, a technically even more prestigious university. So they are normalizing this. But I'll say, well, uh, look, they might, uh, if, if we normalize deviant sexual behaviors pretty soon, some people will be trying to normalize uh, bestiality. And that's true. That's been less common than the people trying to normalize pedos. But you have seen pockets of that. But this is an even bigger, this actually is a bigger problem because the sexual revolutionaries can say, look, we, we support the whole acronym and having, you know, giant monkeypox orgies and, you know, thruples and quadruples and quintuples and all. They can say we support all that stuff because it's all consensual. Consent is the key here. And a child cannot consent. Now the libs are weakening on this already. They're saying, no, a child, not only can a child consent to sex, but a child can consent to making permanent sexual decisions like lopping off parts of his body. So they're, they're already weakening on that. But in theory, they could make that argument. Or they could say, look, an animal cannot consent. This is why it's wrong to, to sleep with animals, is if you, you know, the, you're violating their consent and that's wrong. But then my question is, what about the Chevy? <laughs> what about the 1998 Chevy? The 1998 Chevy doesn't have will, doesn't have freedom of choice, is, is not a conscious being, to my knowledge. It's just an old car. So if this guy wants to do all sorts of creepy things and say, love is love and respect our love with his car, what's wrong with that? We all know that this is extremely disordered and wrong and should be discouraged and this guy should seek help and not be celebrated for doing these sorts of things with his car. We all know that. But why? Why? Conservatives can answer why. Christians, Jews, Muslims, people with a traditional, even somewhat traditional religious sense and moral sense can tell you why. Because they'll say, well, that buddy, those, that body part of yours is not meant for that muffler. That, that's not actually, men and women are complementary and they go together and they get married and they create children and it's wrong and you shouldn't do that thing that you're doing underneath the car and that's just intrinsically wrong and it's disordered and it's contrary to the natural law. And they, we can explain why it's wrong. But if your only criterion for sexual ethics is, if, is consent, consent and if it feels good, do it, then you can't say this is wrong. And I bet you if you talk to the real the real radicals out there on the sexual revolutionary side, and you said, hey, what do you think about the guy who's in a relationship with his 98 Chevy? They would say, well, you know, if he likes it, whatever. It's not hurting anybody. Who cares? It's fine. Let him do it. That's, that's okay. Yeah, that's, a, that's not my thing, but that's fine. That is, that is a real divide. <laughs> I don't think that we as a society should encourage that. I don't think that the guy, this guy has any right to do those sorts of things with his car. I don't think that this is some sacred natural. I don't think love is love. I don't think, I don't think that the, the guy's relationship with his car is something admirable that we should encourage. And so if we're, if we're now at that position where we're saying, actually, some things are wrong, then, then and only then can we crawl back to the like, hey, Maybe the kids should not be at the drag show putting dollar bills in the G-strings of these weirdos. Then and only then can we get back to, hey, maybe you shouldn't be pumping seven-year-olds full of puberty blockers and, and cross-sex hormones, potentially. Then and only then can we get back to some semblance of, hey, hey, maybe marriage has a meaning. When we say marriage has a meaning, by the way, we're not saying that we need, we should be really cruel to people who have different sexual desires. We should be, we should just beat these guys up. We should oppress them. We should run them out. No one's saying that. We're saying that there is reality, that there is such a thing as marriage and marriage has a meaning no matter what the radicals want to pretend the meaning is. I can, I can say that this leftist tears tumbler is a chainsaw 
and I can even force everyone around me to call it a chainsaw, but it's not a chainsaw because there, reality has some say here. It's a leftist tears tumbler, and the point of it is to drink delicious leftist tears. There's a new poll that just came out, came out from Gallup, founding that most Americans support the redefinition of marriage that the Supreme Court did in the Obergefell case. They support legal same-sex marriage. This is an all-time high, 71%. Back in 1996, only 27% of the public supported redefining marriage. Americans who rarely or never go to church have been the most supportive of same-sex marriage from the very beginning. On the On the other hand, 58% of Americans who report that they attend church weekly oppose same-sex marriage, while 40% of that group are in favor. So that's actually a pretty scary statistic, even for the Christians. Christianity is pretty clear about what marriage is. It's It's one of the few, what you would call political issues, that Christ talks about explicitly and defines explicitly. Actually, even in in. Uh, opposition to some of the prevailing divorce practices of the time. He's very clear about this. And yet 40% of people who say, oh, I'm a Christian, I go to, I go to church every week. Even they support this radical redefinition. But the ma- majority don't. Why? This is not surprising. Of course, the, the last holdout group on redefining marriage is regular practicing Christians because they are at least more likely to know what they believe. They have a view of things. And the left wants to say it's animated by hatred or bigotry or closed-mindedness. It's not. It's not motivated by any, it's just, it's motivated by a view of the way that things actually are. That coincidentally is the view that every human being ever in the whole history of the world until five minutes ago believed. So there, but if you're, if you're still going to church every week, that means that you're at least more likely to oppose the left. I mean, don't forget, even the term the left came up during the French Revolution to describe the people who opposed the church, to, to describe the people who were trying to upend the church and upend Christianity and recreate the world anew out of their own unfettered reason. Nothing has really changed all that much, at least about the logic of these political movements during that time. Is it any wonder that the libs are doing everything they can to stop people from reading the Bible in schools, to stop people from praying in schools, to go after churches, to shut down the churches during coronavirus, even while they keep the pot dispensaries open, to try to take away the tax-exempt status of the churches, to try to pressure pastors, to change their views, to be in accord with political correctness, to try to anathematize Christians? Is it any wonder? Of course they're doing that. That is the stumbling block. That is the impediment to their radical political agenda, and they will do whatever it takes to implement that. Speaking of weird sex stuff, this story came out last week. I didn't have time to get to it, but I really don't want to let it go. Michael Avenatti, the former future Democrat president. Michael Avenatti, the man who was going to take down Trump and go on TV seven bazillion times and was actually being feted as a presidential candidate. He was just sentenced to four years in prison for uh, robbing a porn star for stealing money from his client, Stormy Daniels. Uh, Avenatti was representing Daniels, and he stole nearly $300,000 from her after the release of her biography, Full Disclosure. He's just a, he's just a dirtbag lawyer, right? <laughs> That's, I don't know how to say it in any more charitable way. He is a sleazy dirtbag lawyer who uses prostitutes to try to score political points and advance his own career. And then he takes money from them too. And then he tries to extort big corporations and, and throw his p- cheap political influence around. And he's just, anyone could see it from a mile away. You don't need your Nostradamus hat to be able to tell from the beginning, this guy is bad news. This guy should have no voice in the American public. So of course the libs breathlessly promoted him. Michael Avenatti is laying down the law. And is he really thinking about running for president? Joining me now live, the man himself, Michael Avenatti. Let's talk to somebody who understands the system very well. Michael Avenatti. He's Donald Trump's worst nightmare. Michael Avenatti. Michael, thanks so much for being here. Did you talk to Stormy Daniels last night? What was her reaction? Did the president just get a new challenger for 2020? Stormy Daniels lawyer Michael Avenatti may have just tossed his hat into the ring. Looking ahead to 2020, uh, one reason why I'm taking you seriously as a contender 
is because of your presence on cable news. First, let me take a moment to brag on my former student. This dude right here, I think of him as in a justice league with Robert Mueller to save our democracy. He's going to save our democracy right after he gets out of the clink for robbing a porn star, his client, a porn star. Michael Avenatti made 121 appearances on CNN alone. Just, and he was on all the other channels too. But CNN alone, they had him on 121 times in a very short period of time. He's Donald Trump's worst nightmare. He's going to, Democrats just got a new candidate, baby. Oh, he's a fraud shakedown artist. Okay, never mind. Go away. No, we don't need to answer for him anymore. Every one of those cable news guys, every one of those Democrat operatives should answer for Michael Avenatti. The next time that they start pontificating about our democracy and integrity and character, character matters. Oh yeah? How, well, how's your judgment of character? Libs, how's your, <laughs> how's your judgment of character? CNN, you, you promoted this guy who is cartoonishly sleazy and criminal. How is your, oh, never mind. Because being, being a Democrat, being a liberal in our society means never having to say that you're sorry. They just move right on. It's like that old Clinton strategy. Deny, 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 deny. Okay, it's old news. Moving right along. So Michael Avenatti going to, Michael Avenatti at the very least will be held somewhat accountable for stealing that money. Speaking of fiscal, fiscal accountability, Elon Musk just criticized the Biden administration for completely botching the economy. And uh, Joe Biden was asked about Elon's criticism. And Joe, I, I think the question even was planted, frankly. Joe Biden thought he had such a great zinger against Elon Musk, but the zinger didn't quite work. Elon Musk has, asked, has said that he has a super bad feeling about the U.S. economy. He's laying off 10% of his workforce. What do you say to Elon Musk about his feeling about the economy? Jamie Dimon has said similar things. Well, let me tell you, while Elon Musk is talking about that, Ford is increasing their investment overwhelmingly. I think Ford is increasing the investment in building new electric vehicles, 6,000 new employees, union employees, I might add, in the Midwest. Um, the former Chrysler Corporation, Stellantis, they are also making similar investments in electric vehicles. Intel is adding 20,000 new jobs for making computer chips. Um, so, uh, you know, lots of luck on this trip to the moon. I mean, I, I don't, I mean. Yeah, boom, owned, roasted Elon. Lots of luck on your trip to the moon. You, you know that this was a planted question because Biden right away pulled out his little cheat sheet of bullet points where he thought this is going to be a great way to dunk on Elon. We know that, that the White House plants questions all the time because Biden actually tells us, he goes, I'm supposed to call on Johnny next. What was that thing that you're going to? So he pulls it out and he goes, good luck on your trip to the moon, Elon. The only problem with that zinger is that it turns out that the federal government is funding Elon's trip to the moon. NASA chose Elon to partner with to go to the moon. Elon is... <laughs> actually responsible for helping the American space program and the American space program is paying for it. Probably should have Googled it. How are the, who is running the White House? Obviously not Joe Biden, but how, how does this, even you think I've got this great dunk here and then he just dunks completely on himself. Unless he, maybe he was sincere. Good luck. Good luck, Elon. So I hope it's good luck because we're paying for it. <laughs> Federal government. Before we go, I have to get to this one line too. Speaking of language flops. Cenk Uger is the guy from the Young Turks, and he's belligerent and extremely left-wing and usually very disrespectful. So Cenk Uger just tweeted out the other day, he said, do Republicans speak English? What part of well-regulated means no regulations? He's talking about the First Amendment, right, which says, or the Second Amendment, rather, which says, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And we Without debating the constitutional history of gun laws and gun control, without debating what the militia, what role the militia played in the founding of the country and what, it, what role it plays today, I just have to point out that the incoherence that Cenk Uger is accusing the Republicans of demonstrating, he himself is demonstrating just on the English language, just on exactly what he's talking about. The phrase a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state is a 
parenthetical phrase. It's not, it's not the main clause of the sentence. Again, I'm, I'm not professing to be a constitutional scholar or a, a, a gun expert. or I'm just, but I do know the basic rules of the English language. The, the main clause, the independent clause here is, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. I could say, Michael Knowles, Michael Knowles's hair looking really, really uh, swarthy, looking really, really suave and oily and poofy today, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And what, still, that parenthetical would be parenthetical. The, the main clause does not hinge on that parenthetical clause. So he's saying it's true. It is true. It tells you something about what gun rights mean in America that we need a well-regulated militia, that we need to be able to defend ourselves, to protect ourselves. That's how you keep a state free. But he's saying all of that is just preface to say the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. If the libs want to get rid of gun rights in the Second Amendment, they've got to deal with the main clause. They can't just deal with the parenthetical clause. Maybe they, probably Cenk Uger doesn't know that, but the smart liberals do know that, and they're just ignoring it, and they're just neglecting it because they will push their agenda by any means necessary because they play to win. Maybe we should recognize that. Maybe, maybe we should up our game a little bit too. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Clavin Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Associate producer, Justine Turley. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. And hair and makeup by Cherokee Hart. Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2022. Today on The Matt Wall Show, horrifying footage of a drag show for children at a gay bar in Texas over the weekend. How is this happening, and how is it happening in Texas? So we'll talk about that, and one bright spot in this story is the protesters outside confronting and shaming the groomers. We need a lot more of that. Also, a criminal steals a car, runs over a mother and her child, tries to flee the scene, and will now spend all of five months in juvenile detention for it. And a mother who rushed into Robb Elementary to save her children while police stood outside is speaking out. We'll listen to her story. Plus... Another sneak peek of a scene from my film, What is a Woman? And our daily cancellation, we send screeners of the film to mainstream film critics. They responded to our email and uh, we're not happy. We'll talk about that and much more today on The Matt Walsh Show.